Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here is a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Self-control. With no self-control, you look at the color of a man's skin or the flag and you keep going and you say that you love God. God said, if a man does not love me, if he does not love, if I can't love you, I don't know him at all. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Let us uh, give thanks to the Lord. Let us put our hands together for the Lord this morning. And at the same time, let us welcome our online viewers, Kingdom Rock. Our online family, they are family. They're not just viewers, but they are family. They're just as part of this ministry as we are. They are contributing. They are spreading the word of God, and they are growing from the word that they are hearing every week. And as you can see on the screen, it is the power of self-control. Not just self-control, but the power of it. And these scriptures that I'm going to read off really quick, I'm going to go through them, but you guys can write them down. They're not on the screen yet. Like I said, this is just setting the platform to what we're going to talk about. And in the book of John, John chapter 14, verse 26, if you want to write that down and online, you can do the same. John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, But when the Father sends an advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. And that's the New Living Translation. And you could focus in on those two words, everything. And everything means everything, which means nothing left out. Everything. It can be from your haircut to your clothes to the food you cook. He will teach you and remind you of everything. Nothing left out. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. King James Version puts it this way. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You got to pay attention to this now. Over here on the left side, he said, I live. It went on to say, yet not I, which means I live. Now I came back, yet not I. He took himself out of the, out of the equation. Then he went on to say, but Christ liveth in me. Over here, it is Christ. Which means that the old man is gone. Old Nelson have nothing to do with that. Now I'm focusing on Christ who lives in me. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's what matters now. The names that they used to call me, the place that I used to go, it, ne- it, it does not matter anymore because now it is Christ who lives in me. It went on to say, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. John chapter 14 verse 20 puts it this way. And this is Jesus speaking. It says, at that day... Ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Here's the unity. We becomes one. He lives in us, we lives in him, we becomes one. It's not I who live anymore, but Christ who lives in me. Paul made that statement because he, he was one of those who was going around persecuting Christians, killing them. 
pulling them out of their house, he knew what, what his old self was like. And then when he had that experience with Christ, and he was now converted, he can look back and say, it is not I who live, but now it's Christ who lives in me. Because he found himself doing everything that God wants him to do. 1 John, chapter two, 1 John chapter 2 verse 6 put it this way. 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. It said, those who say they live in God should live their life as Jesus did. Wow. Now we got to go back and look at Jesus' whole life, how he lived his life. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 to 7 says, the New Living Translation, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Think about it this way. You have seen people who have their own a big business, father, son. The father is the CEO. He owned the business, son. The son could be a, a doorkeeper, but that, does that make him any less part of that family? No. He just takes on a role. He's playing a role. He has a position in the company. But that doesn't mean that he is any less than his father. But some people, when they're being put in that position, they use their family name to take advantage of other people. The Bible said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Because you remember what he said when they was arresting him, when uh, uh, Peter chopped off that man air, he told him, put up your soul. Don't you know I can ask God for a legion of angels and they would destroy this place? But he did not think of that as something that he need to cling to to get to where he was going. He had to go through everything that God has already planned. The whooping, the, the, the humiliation, everything. He just went through the whole line. But he could, have, he could have cut corners. He had that power. He had that privilege. Verse 7 said, instead... He gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. You got to look at verse 7 again. He said, instead, he gave up, gave up his divine privilege. In other words, his total dependency was on the word of God. He was totally dependent on God for everything that he was doing. Everything. He gave up his divine privilege. Remember, the Bible said... Even though he, though he was God, if he did come in his full power, can you imagine what he could have done? When they was trying to arrest Jesus and they asked, uh, he came, they came and he, they, they said um, they're looking for Jesus. You know, they, they come to arrest him. As a matter of fact, Jesus asked them, who, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus, and he said, I am he. He did not even touch them and everyone f fell to the ground. So you could imagine if he was, if he was operating in, in his full privilege, in his full God power, what would have happened? But he took off all that and he was total dependent on God, his father, to see him through every area of his life and through every journey 
that he was taken. And today, he said that when the advocate comes, which is his representative, the Holy Spirit, he will teach us everything. And in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we want, I want to talk about one fruit in particular, and that is self-control. We are living in a time now where I've heard this statement so many times, and I told you guys before about it, and I don't know if you guys heard about it before. They said, God for us all, but every man for himself. Oh, my unsaved friends, they made that statement so many times. God created, us, God created us all, but we are to take care of ourselves, every man for himself. Which means that you take care of family, I take care of my family, and that's it. When the Bible is saying, each one of us should look upon the things of each other. He said, the man who does not love does not know God. Does not know God. I don't care what church he goes to. I don't care what the color of your skin. I don't care how much money you have. He said, the man who does not love does not know God, period. So what is self-control? Let's go to the first slide. And it said, self-control is the ability to control oneself, in particular one's emotions and desire, or the expression of them in one's behavior, especially in difficult times. Especially in this day that we are living in. We need self-control. When someone says something to us, and we saw someone look a certain way, how are we controlling our thoughts? What are our thoughts towards that person? Self-control can keep us from achieving our goals. Self-control, not having self-control, can keep us from being the man or woman that God wants us to be. How many people look at someone, don't even know them, pass them on the street, know they are struggling to change attire and never stop. But look at those with self-control because they know they are in this world and this world should not change them as the Bible said. We should not be confirmed to this world, but yet they are stopping and still extending a helping hand. That is self-control. Self-control is the one that helps you. When you begin to think about, I want to do this instead of doing the word of God, it helps you to remember who God is in your life. And if we can go back to the first slide, go back to the first slide. The power of self-control, as you can see those two pictures up there, those two examples. One on the right, you can watch TV or you can read your Bible and gain wisdom and knowledge so that you can grow in the knowledge of God and be successful in this world. Or you can just watch TV and be polluted. Let your mind be polluted with all these things that is going on and create the hatred and fear in you that you will never prosper in your life. And it's the same thing with the food. We can eat healthy or we can just eat anything. The Bible says our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's not looking down at anyone, but when I've learned what the temple of the Holy Spirit means, you are housing power. The power for healing and deliverance. 
You are housing something that you need when you go out in the street. When someone says something about you, you can hear the Holy Spirit as the scripture said. He is here to teach us and to remind us of all the things that Christ has taught us. It reminds you to turn the other cheeks. Just walk away. But if we are not taking care of the temple, how can we even do the things that God wants us to think about a house? You are responsible for the house that you live in. You are responsible for the upkeep. You are responsible for the, for the grass, the, the war, everything. It's the same thing God has trusted us with this body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the one who, res, who is responsible to go to the gym, to take a walk, to cut our hair, to dress ourselves, to look good. We represent Christ. It doesn't matter where you live. I, I've, went, I've went to places goodwill and I've got a nice shirt and it makes me look good. But for some people, they don't want to go to goodwill. They think that is too low. But it's not the clothes that makes the man. It's the man that makes the clothes. Ask Stan. He'll tell you. Tell him, Stan. <laughs> but we are the temple of this power that we are housing. The power of of the Holy Spirit, the power of God that represents Jesus Christ. The next slide said, why is self-control important? Self-control includes being able to stay on task and interrupt any undesirable, impulsive reactions by refraining from acting on them. Think about you going to do something. Your mom or your boss tell you to go to Atlanta, pick this thing up and come back. And here you are stopping at every store on the way there. <laughs> got to be back here at 12 o'clock, but you got to stop at uh, Chick-fil-A. Or stop at McDonald's because they have the one for one. <laughs> Self-control will help you to stay on task. Think, well, think about it this way. You wake up early in the morning. Six o'clock or five o'clock, it is your study time. But yet your, your thoughts, you have that desire to go and look at TV. Self-control will say, this is my study time, 5 to 5.30, and I am going to study this Bible. I want this wisdom. I want to learn some things because my desire is to be able to help others. The more I learn, the more I can help others because I've learned some things now that I can help some single man a married man, especially, I've learned one of the scriptures that stuck in my mind that says that be careful how you treat your wife so that your prayers, may, your prayers will, will not be hindered. And it reminds me, it said, a man who finded a wife, find it a good thing and obtain favors from the Lord. So I'm saying I always have favor. I have favor. You might not want to do this or that for me, but I know I have favor with the Lord. So when I'm going out in the morning, I know things are going to work for me. It is going to work out for me. And I always say to myself, only the best comes to me because I have favor with God. Well, someone say, well, how come you can say only the best comes to you? Everybody have problems. But guess what? Every problem have a solution. It's not how you start that determines your success. It's how you finish. So it doesn't matter what comes my way. It could be traffic. That caused me to, to, uh, um, to be behind another 10 minutes. But guess what? I've gotten to my destination safe. Amen. That's what makes a difference. 
So self-control, it is important. Being high in controlling our desires and impulses is important in achieving the goals we set for ourselves. We must have self-control. And in this world, if you don't have self-control, it is so easy to find yourself incarcerated or kill you because you're going to react in a way that you're not supposed to. The Bible says you should be quick to listen and slow to speak. We, we have people, I have done it before, and I thought about it. As soon as someone puts something on Facebook, here I am responding, da 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 And then five or ten minutes after, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have said that, and I can't erase it. Self-control would have kept me, first of all, to think before I speak. Self-control, one time I went to look for a job, and I went into the office and just turned right back around. Did not even pick up the application. Just went back out. My thoughts said to me, they're not going to give you this job. You're not qualified. And I allowed that thought to talk me out of filling out an application. And to, to this day, I don't know if I would have gotten the job or not. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sung mind. Some translations say self-control. It is a power, not of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sung mind. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produced this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. There is no law against these things. You can have as much as you want. There is no law against it. When we give the Holy Spirit, when we give him the authority in our life, when we yield to him and he begin to produce this fruit in our life, as, this, as, as um, Paul said, it is not I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And when Christ lives in us, which is now the representative, he said the advocate, he called it the advocate. He said in the book of John chapter 14, 26, Jesus said, but when the father sent the advocate." As my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything. And here we are. He is teaching us to be control, how to control our thoughts. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. If a man could think, could change his thinking, he can change the world that he lives in. I have to learn that myself. I have to get rid of some old fairy tales, things that we have been taught about. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never harm you. Words will kill you. <laughs> it will raise your blood pressure so high someone says something to you and you all the way home to Atlanta, you, you, you fussing about, you still cursing about that thing. They haven't touched you. They said something that upset you so bad. And you are upset from here to Atlanta. When you get there, your blood pressure is so high, you might as well just go to Grady. 
because it's going to eventually kill you if you continue that way, if you don't control it. Did not touch you at all, just said something that you did not agree with. And it just eats you up. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28 says, A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. And you got to remember in the Old Testament how they used to have walls around the city to keep the enemies from coming in. The only way you can get in is through the gate. A man without self-control is like a city with broken down walls, which means that any kind of thoughts, you, you can allow any thoughts to come into your mind and you will dwell on it, dwell on it, dwell on it, and thoughts becomes things. It can either grow from a thought to anger to hatred to commit murder. When your wall is broken down, when you don't have self-control, it can destroy your life. It can rob you of everything you have. Everything. I have a friend of mine, me and my wife, we know, know him very well. I know him when he didn't have nothing at all. This brother, he have experienced something that um, most of us probably would have gone crazy straight out, 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 out of our mind. When he was um, a little bit younger, he was married, and his wife died in his arms with the three young kids watching. She had, she gotten sick and died in his arms. And he said to me, Brother Nelson, People ask, they ask, how did you survive that? How did you go crazy? He said, it's all God. God, he was totally dependent on God, the word of God. To have your wife that you love so much died in your arms, and then the kids now watching, it is not an easy thing. But he continued to be faithful to God. And I know what, he didn't have anything, have a little old car and everything like that, you know, take the kids back and forth to school. My wife used to um, do the hair and everything, help out with the hair and talk to them about, you know, girls' things and things like that. And he steered the course. He got a job at a, um, at a hospital. And he said he was doing the job. He was answering the phones and he was talking to customers. And he said, Brother Nelson, I did this job like my supervisor was behind me watching all the time. In other words, he did the job with excellence. He did the job like he is working it unto God. And he said, people begin to call and give recommendation, talk about how a nice of a person that he is and how he spoke, you know. Uh, calm and nice and he was just good he was just good with that because he he said i'm doing this thing like i'm working it unto the lord and he said there's another job that came available for computer um tech it tech or something like that okay he's into computer and um he said that they was looking for someone the person that they wanted to hire wanted eighty thousand dollars a year for that job but they the company said well 
uh, we are not willing to pay that right now. You know what? We're going to look for someone on the inside. And he, because of the recommendation, they recommended this job. They recommended him for the job. And he got the job. He said, Brother Nelson, I don't know how I got the job because I'm not qualified for the job. Some of the things on that job, I don't even know how to do. But because of his total dependency on God, God opened up the door and God has given him the wisdom to do the job like he had the qualification. And today he got his own house. He got a better car. He got a nice car, a nice wife, the kids, you know. God, self-control will put you in a place where your goal will be achieved or you will miss it. It said a man, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. When we came in this morning, I called myself downloading this, uh, my slide on the, the drive and everything. I guess I didn't do it right. And we're trying to fix it. And, you, you know, you waver in between. Are we going to get this thing done before the time? And, you, you, you know, thoughts are trying to come out. But self-control is like we got this under self-control. Uh, we got this under control. So back then, I would have been mad. I would have been upset about some things. But because I'm growing, I want to grow myself. So what I do, I feed on the word of God. I don't have to wait till someone to tell me to go and read your Bible. I get in there myself and I get around men and women of God who love God, who is speaking the word of God, because that's all we talk about every day, even at work. And it helps me. This morning I could have gotten mad, but because I'm growing in self-control, it helps me to control that and allow them to do what they have to do back there and we up online now. But a man without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. And if he allow thoughts that is not pleasing to God, thoughts that is not edifying, that can't edify yourself to get into your mind, get down into your subconscious mind, you're going to act on those, call, on those thoughts sooner or later. And that's why we have so much problem in the world today. Men are quick to move before they think. Here is three self. Here is three things that um. I said self control improve your life in three ways. Here is three things. Relationship with God. Number one, our relationship with God and man. Self control will help us to improve our relationship with God and man. Self control people are forgiven, react to conflict with benevolence, or you can say an act of kindness. Rather than violence. It doesn't matter what side we are. Re Republican or, or Democrat. We are still God's people. I don't care what color shirt you wear. If you stop on the road and you are struggling. I don't care what flag you fly. And I can help you getting the help. Self-control. With no self-control. You look at the color of a man's skin or the flag. And you keep going. And you say that you love God. God said, if a man does not love me, if he does not love, if I can't love you, I don't know him at all. A man who does not love does not know God because God is love. And that's why I love teaching. 
and I love to be taught. Because to me today, there's so much that going on that, and there, there's a lot of things I, I, I have to learn on my own. On my own. For example, I, my dad, he loves me. He loves us. He loves us. Provide and do everything for us. But we never want to sit down and talk about how to be a, a husband and treat your wife and things like that. They show you love in a different way. But I would love to have someone to sit down and talk to me. Yeah, this is how you treat your wife. And things that I never know women have emotions and things like that. <laughs> but because we are thinking like man, you know, we're thinking like man. It's like, what, what's wrong with you? But the thing is, their feelings are different. They, they, the way they feel, they, they're different. You know? So I have to learn that on my own. And then I know, okay, you know. I might say some things and think, you know, it's cool. Uh, it comes out rough. Uh, that's for the brother. But the, the wife, you can't go around there with that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? You can learn something from there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they are different. And we have to learn that. Self-control now helps me to want to grow and want to treat my wife different want to love her the way God said to love her, and want to treat my sisters with, with uh, respect. Self-control. But when, when I didn't have self-control, and I'm hanging with the boys, it's like you want to whistle at everything. Some respect. You know, some respect. It's different now, because I have self-control. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. I have the Spirit lives in me now, and he is producing that fruit. And I begin to grow. And the more I grow, the more my, me and my wife, we work together. We are a team. And we are progressing. We got our own business. Because we work together as a team with self-control. Even though there's some things that I might not understand. And she's teaching me. And you, Because growing up, I think, well, you know, the man always got to teach the women and things like that. But did not understand the value, what we have at home. We go out and then we pay for all these classes and all the and things like that. When I can get it at home, she was a substitute teacher. All I had to do, willing to accept what she's teaching. But without self-control, you always want to think you are the boss. And here you are having something that is presented to you that worth so much. And you refuse it and you miss the bus. And if we look around us today, we can see so much that is going on in our world that is causing so many of us not to live the life that Jesus said he came that we can have. He said, beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. And Jesus said that I came that you may have life and have it more abundant. Abundance of life. We connect it in so many different ways. So many different ways. Number two, society. Not only do self-controlled people enjoy greater wealth, they, they behave more generously, they override their selfish impulses and go out of their way to help others. They function more inside. They're more valued. Their, their neighborhood or their community grow because of what they are given, because of their part, the part that they play. They, they, they are involved in things, whether it's the boys' clubs, whether it's just the, the men 
to help the man to get to a place of uh, renewing their mind and come to God and, and to act different and helping building places for the battered women and all that stuff. They're involved in society because they have self-control. They're not just looking at, uh, on their self as far as, as long as my family's okay, we're okay. I've heard people say, as long as my kids uh, have something to eat, that's all that's matter. Uh-uh. We all are connected. How can you leave one, feed one and leave the other? That's not love. Individually, number three, individual well-being. Self-control relates to better health. Physically, self-controlled people sleep better, experience fewer physical sickness symptoms, and live longer life because they don't allow the cares of the world to come in and raise their pressure, have them worrying about everything when God said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about none of these things. You trust me. So when we give that to God and we begin to take care of ourselves, go for a little walk, sit down somewhere and meditate, we begin to nourish our body. We take care of the temple and we become more happy and we are more healthy. And we can enjoy this life that Christ said that we can have. Think about the price that he paid that we can have this life. Think about the whooping. Think about the, the, the thorn in his head. Think about all of that. Think about how he had to slip away when they're trying to kill him. All because he wanted to get to the cross where he can say it is finished and you and I can now have the abundant life that he wants us to have. But how can we enjoy that life if we are not well? How can we enjoy the life? It's like having all that money and you can't spend it. What good is it? The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8, it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person who, who uh, a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything that they do. Unstable. There is no self-control. You're asking God for one thing, but you're trying to do it yourself. We say we believe, but yet we are trying to fix it ourselves. It makes you unstable. But when you trust God, when we trust God, when we just rest, when we ask and we believe according to Mark eleven twenty four, when we believe we receive what we ask for, we find ourselves go on, going on to do something else. We rest in that right there and allow God to bring it to us whichever way he choose. It might be through a man. It might be through a job. It might be through a company. It might be through, through a philanthropist, anything. He can do it anywhere. But if we try to figure it out, we're going to mess it up because we're going to be disappointed because it did not come that way. And when it did not come that way, we stopped looking and then we missed it. We stopped believing. 
Let's look at a good example before we close. A good example of self-control. And this is one of that I, I love, Joseph. In Genesis 39, verse 6 to 9, you, you guys know the story of Joseph. If not, just go back and read 38, 39, and you'll, you'll get a little bit more in depth about it. And it says, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. And as you read the, the scripture, you remember it, it keeps saying that God is with Joseph. And because God, Joseph is in Potiphar's house and God is with Joseph, Potiphar began to um, just get rich. He began to prosper. Everything in his house prospered. And it said, Joseph was very handsome and well-built. Uh, I'm going to read it again. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at, him, <laughs> look at him lustfully. Come sleep with me, she demanded. Look at the last word, demand. Come sleep with me, she demanded. Now, I thought about that for a long time. And I know, uh, like back in my backsliding days, uh, <laughs> used to, you, you know, uh, Stan, when, when you say, uh, we used to be the one who do the chasing. But you're talking about now you're being chased. And uh, we got to be honest, how many men would have walked away or did what Joseph did? Even now that we accept Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, it's all about self-control. You talk about he is in a house where this man is rich. Rich. And I'm sure that from his power and his prestige that his wife was good looking too. Verse 8 said, but Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. Everything. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing except you because you, are, because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It will be a great sin against God. That is self-control, man. That's what I love about Joseph. Self-control. Even though he was lied on, he ended up in, in another, in prison. But the self-control here, you're talking about, the Bible said that God was with Joseph, and everywhere Joseph went, he prospered, even in the prison. And he see his total dependence on God is what, get, is, is, is what got him where he was. And he wasn't going to mess that up at all. So with self-control, it's not about Potiphar's wife, but it's with his relationship with God, who was with him that caused him to prosper everywhere he goes. That even in a, in, in, a, in a master house, not his house, somebody is prospering because of God in him. And that self-control is, I'm not going to mess this up. I'm connected to this source, and there's nowhere you're going to make, make me break this connection. And he went on to prison, and as you read Joseph's life, you study, he, he, he went back to be, Top dog again. Second in command. Because of his self-control. And as we close, here's an example of no self-control. And this is Cain and Abel. 
Now Abel has six, uh, no, not Abel. Let's start with Adam. We're going too far. Now Adam have sexual relationship with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to, to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I, I have produced a man. Verse 2, later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. Verse 3, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Verse 4, Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Verse 5, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made, this made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected, uh, sad. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? Verse 7, you will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Verse 8, one day Cain, Cain suggested to his brother, let us go out into the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. No self-control. That's the result of no self-control, or one of the results of no self-control. He had, all he had to do, correct the mistake he made, go back. And next time you offer your offering, bring the best. Because that's what the Lord wanted. But he allowed sin to control him to the point that he went out. He invited his brother out to the field. And with no self-control, he killed him right there. Because of the jealousy that God accepted his brother's gift and his was rejected. And today, we are living in the world where there's so much that is going on around us. Look at all the things that is out of control. Look at all the people that is out of control. And we as men and women of God have to maintain our dignity. We have to be like Joseph. There's sometimes we might have to run. There's sometimes we might have to walk away. But we have to use our self-control in a way that it will benefit us and, it all, and also give honor to God. Because every goal that you have, when you wake up in the morning, it is a choice like the Bible said, I place before you blessings and curse. You choose. You choose this day. He said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We got to choose the thoughts that we think on. When things begin to come into our mind, we got to be the one who bring those things under subjection and let them know you are not my thoughts. My thoughts are of good. I'm thinking good thoughts. You're not one of them. You got to go. We have control over that. And when we start using those control, we will live the life that God said that we can't have. Because he said, beloved, I wish above all that you prosper in being good health, even as your soul prosper. So how do we prosper our soul? On the word of God. Feeding on the word of God daily. 
meditating on the word of God. Let it get down into our hearts so that we begin to act on it. When those thoughts come, you will know what is right and what is not right. Because thoughts, your mind is like the garden of God. And whatever seed you plant, whatever seed which is a thought, everything starts with a thought. Even with this podium. Whoever built this podium, before they even cut one piece of wood, it was a thought in their mind. They can see it constructed in their mind. So as you wake up every day, whatever goal you have, make up in your mind that you have control over your desire. You have control over your life, over your thoughts. And you override anything that is trying to keep you from getting there because you are in control. Folks are saying, I'm waiting on God. God said, I'm waiting on you because he said, I place before you blessings and curse, life and death. You choose And he went as far to say, I call heaven and earth as a witness that I have placed this here. That when you choose, you can't say that God is keeping you from prospering. No man can keep us from getting to our destiny and to our goal except for ourselves. And our mind must be renewed with the word of God that we can see ourselves the way God sees us, prosperous in the place that he wants us to be, to be leaders, to be comforters, to be lovers, to be friends. Every characteristics that is in God should be in us. Because he said, in that day you will know that I am in you, you are in me, I am in the Father. We become one. He said, I am the branches, you are the vine. So think about what, how the branch and the vine connect. There is no two different kind of nutrition or nutrients running through. The, it's what, whatever is in the vine comes from the root. He, he feeds from that. And the branch becomes green. Any branch that is broken, they cut it off. So that the, the tree can continue to be green and feed from the root where, this, where all the good substance is. So exercise self-control. Don't be confirmed to this world. Let the Spirit of God, let the Word of God renew your mind. That even though the world are going one way, or people are going one way, follow the path of righteousness. Because we are still the light. And this time that we have been given on this earth, we have to give an account for it. We have to give an account for it. And self-control can take us a long way. Not having self-control is like a city without a wall, broken down without a wall. And anything can come in. And if it gets in, like I said, your, your mind is like the, the garden of God. You are planting the seeds. And he will water them. If you plant good seed, like the Bible said, we will reap what we sow. Self-control can make you filthy rich, prosperous, healthy, strong, or he can keep you in a place where you can never achieve anything. Amen? Well, we're going to end here today because our time is up. And I pray that whatever you heard, that it was a blessing to you. 
And we're going to ask Pastor Mark to come back up and close us out. Amen. Amen. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.